Listening Dog Media. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seaman says, in conversation. Today's guest has not only earned 78 caps throughout his career, but he even managed the under-21s and the senior squad. Welcome, Stuart Pierce. How you doing? Ah, you're right, Morning. mate. Morning. <laughs> don't worry, it's just me and technology, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my school, my school, mate. Oh. <laughs> I've been working on it for a, since about 7.30 this morning, so don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. You need a Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Every time I get into trouble, I'm like, babe, babe, Frankie, Frankie. <laughs> I know. My Frankie's got the work this morning. That's where Uh-oh. I'm in a bit. My exactly. So no problems. How are we? All right. All good. Yeah, not bad. Are you? Top form, mate. Top form. Are you enjoying yeah. it? Are you yeah, enjoying yeah. watching? It, I think it's been a good tournament so far, you know, and we're not at the business end yet. We're just sparring uh, a little bit, so it's been really good. Yeah. What is it like for you watching, having once been there and done it? Um, to be fair, I quite enjoy it personally because I've done, I, I've worked for TalkSport since 2014. I went to Brazil to work for them and covered the tournament and, uh, Russia and France, and I quite enjoy doing different aspects of it. You know, when you've been there as a player, sometimes you don't soak up the atmosphere. You know, it's like Dave, you're in yep. the, in your own little camp and bubble, and you never see the atmosphere and what's going on outside, or you never get the opportunity to maybe walk down Red Square and see twenty thousand Peruvian fans all partying with other people. It's brilliant. I, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, though, because even with um, with Euro '96. 
you know, the way that all the country got behind us, you still didn't get the, the atmosphere or the feeling that the fans were showing towards us. You know, it wasn't yeah. until afterwards when we came out and, like, you'd go out or you'd go to, go to Wimbledon, as we did. <laughs> you got a stand yeah. innovation at Wimbledon, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, this is ace. You know, but, yeah. like, fans were just coming up. In, and, like you say, you, you don't get that, deal Because you're just stuck in that hotel and just stuck in your own little bubble. But, um, yeah. I think the boys will be fortunate because social media will give them more of an impact to what's going on. In in sort of our day, there was, was none of that. And you almost, because certainly I was like that anyway, you were guarded about your privacy. So you never really wanted to read papers. Just, you know what I mean? Just to keep yourself so isolated from from what yeah. was going on. What was, what was your favourite moment of your 96? Um, I know there was a lot of stuff went on. <laughs> you know what? I, I think the minute and a half between, or however long, between your save against Scotland and, and Gaza's goal, because yeah. to be fair, leading up to that, Dave, we, we hadn't played particularly well, whichever way you look at it. And, yeah. and I've been asked subsequently about it. And, and that, was, that was the tipping point for me. You know, whether it be your save, whether it be his goal or, or a combination of both, that was the tipping point that almost alleviated a lot of the pressure off us as a team yeah. and really brought the crowd to the party, I think, you know, in, in, a, in a great environment. So that will be my favourite moment. But that I, I didn't, I didn't realise that it was, there was about 15 minutes to go mm. when, when, I made that, when I made the penalty save and then Gaza scores the goal. Yeah. You know, so it, we went from being maybe going two draws yeah. to Gaza scoring his brilliant goal and it was game over to three points and then yeah. going into the Dutch. Can you imagine going into that Dutch game needing to win? Well, it, exactly. it changes the whole dynamic of it. People think it's like England. England have just won and they go into this game. It's changed the whole dynamic of where the pressure lies. Yeah. Scotland, for the first time probably since they played England in their history, they've ended up coming into this game under more pressure than England because they've always been the plucky underdogs. Now it's different. They need to get at least a point, maybe even win the game to get out of the group. Yeah, exactly. Stuart, we, we spoke a bit earlier about iconic moments um, from Euro 96 or from, from any tournament, from this tournament. And, and, I, and I always see that picture of you after the penalty when you're roaring, you know, in the quarterfinal. And that's a picture that must have followed you around. And I, and I know that you've been asked a million times about what went through your mind and what you were thinking. But I've never been able to be on a call like this with one of your teammates to say to David, what was going through your head? Did you think Stuart was going to score that pen? And be truthful. Did I think... No, do you know what? It, it, it's... I've never wanted anyone to score a penalty more than I did at that time. And that's that's honest truth. When I saw him coming up, I was like, oh, God. You know, because obviously straight away my mind went back to 1990. And, and I'm thinking, come on, score, score, score. And when he scored, it was just like, oh. And it, and it weren't your best pen, was it, Stu? <laughs> Put it this way, Dave, I've hit a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, I had that impression that, you know, walking up to take it, that 
the environment were more nervous than I was. And make no mistake, I was nervous about it. But I, I had that impression that the crowd were going, oh, jeez, oh, <laughs> mate, please don't miss, for our sake as well as his sake. It was the going first part, though. That That is... That's the thing I can never, ever shrug. I was 14, Stuart, watching that. Mm. And you going first, I just thought, this is the bravest man on earth. (laughs) Yeah, I I sort of had to persuade Terry to let me take one, I think, because there was no defined taking order, you know. We practised ad hoc before. No defined taking order. And I knew if I left it to chance and him to just pick five players that he thought my name might not be in the mix because of my history. So I got to him a bit sharpish and said, I'll be taking one. <laughs> oh, I think it's the UF insure, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which put me at ease, as you can imagine, you know? <laughs> but obviously, when when you scored, mate, and then you, you went into your come on, if you, you watch know. it, if you watch it, if you, you were like screaming at me. Because like you, you like just looked at me, didn't you? As I started walking back towards the goal, you were like just you were just screaming and shouting. I was like, "Oh my god, I better yeah. go and do something here." <laughs> we're really fortunate at the time. I'm not saying it because Dave's on the call, because I always say it anyway. We think we had the best goalkeeper in the world at the time on form, so we always really fancied our chances of. I think if we thought if we had a clean sheet, a five, or even a four. You know, if we scored four out of five, we we wouldn't be losing this penalty shootout because he was on such good form and such confidence on home soil when he fills the goal up, you know. Obviously, yeah. he's put a few pounds on since and would fill it up even more, but that's a bit... <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, I think you're the first time... I think it's the first time I cried at football when you scored. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's the first time I had a tear. And I've I've watched Wolves a long time, Stuart. So <laughs> yeah, say no more. It was it was interesting that sort of generation of the time where we were fortunate enough to play for England was the onset of the Premier League, and I think sort of nineteen ninety and ninety six really has fond memories of of a lot of football fans, you know, of, of a generation because obviously we had two semi finals, which is as far as we've been for a long, long time. Mm, yeah. What do you um, what do you think of England's chances, mate? Realistically, um, at the moment, I fear Italy and I fear France, Dave. On what I've seen, I've seen most of the teams play now, and they're the two, especially the French. If I had to pick a potential winner, England. The good thing for me is they've got the first game out of the way in a victory, which is good. So that can build momentum, and you know, and I know, tournaments are about, especially England teams, building momentum. We've got to be fortunate in the draw, I think. I, you know, the two that I've mentioned, I'd want to avoid those till yeah. very late in the tournament if we possibly can. Um, and it's down to Gareth really getting the right formula and can we defend well enough? That's the big thing, you know, when I look and think probably in a couple of the teams that I played in maybe, um, you know, I'm not just saying it, but probably both goalkeepers that I had over the time in 90 and 96 were probably better than the goalkeeper at the moment, in my opinion. And I think the defences were probably better as well. You know what it's like, these tournaments, you've got to defend well, you know, to get yeah. yourself the line. And that's the question mark for me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Siemens, legends of the game. We had um, Tony Adams on last week and... I must admit, I was surprised because he, he basically, David, didn't he? He said that Sterling was the standout player for him. And and I think that reflects the the fact that he's going back to his old position and he's thinking, well, who would absolutely terrorise me right now if I was to play against them? And I think that's his mindset. And I hadn't thought about it like that. And ever since, Sterling's gone up even more in my estimations. I, I wondered who it is that you really like in this current squad. Um, To be fair... It- it's difficult to pick out a standout one. I think Raheem's been really good. And I think Raheem, every time he plays for England, and I don't know why, his performances over the last four or five years have been absolutely outstanding, I think. But every time he drops his standard slightly, he he doesn't get too much tolerance outside. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure why. And, it, it, you know, like at the end of the season, people suggesting that Raheem wasn't worthy of his place for this game against Croatia... And sometimes as a manager, probably because I've had a mentality of a manager as well and as a coach, sometimes players build up uh, a back catalogue of credit, you know, and and Raheem's got that, you know. It's like you wouldn't leave Dave out on the back of one bad game because you know he's built up so much credit over time. And as a manager, I was pleased to see Gareth back in. There's a massive clamour to put Grealish in, in in potentially his place maybe. Um, But... Gareth was was strong to to put a team out that one or two people thought, oh, hang on a minute, I'm surprised that Jack isn't playing. I'm surprised that Raheem's playing. I'm surprised he's playing uh, Rice and Phillips together, sort of thing in field because there was a clamour put Bellingham in, put a more uh, attack minded midfield player in. But to win tournaments, you've got to get the balance right, and I think Gareth got it right, and he'll be judged, and England's fortunes will be judged on how that balance is right. Sometimes it's not always the exciting, sexy players. It's the workman-like players yeah. that you need. You need your gas coin, of course you do, but you also need to balance that off with a Paul Lintz in midfield as well, you know? So I think that that's the key for Gareth. Yeah. How did, how did you feel when you saw Trippier playing at left back? It was a shock to me, Dave, I've got to yeah. say. You know, more so because I think Shaw and Chilwell are on good form. So it was yeah. a big, big judgment call that left Gareth a little bit vulnerable, but he, Tripp's played well enough. I, I've got a feeling tonight, though, that, that he might swap one or two of the fullbacks to freshen it up a little bit and maybe right. even even Foden for Rashford, someone like that. I've got a feeling there might be one or two changes within our ranks. Not too many, because he'll know yeah. if he wins it, he can make a few next time out. And where, where do you sit with the uh, Maguire situation? Would you give him any time on this game or would you just wait to see the result? No. Uh, I, to be fair, I was quite critical of Mings coming into the game. So I covered both games uh, up at Middlesbrough and I, I was a little bit disappointed in his performance. Uh, but credit to him, I thought he played very well in the Croatia game. And I've always been an individual that sort of, if you've done well enough in that position, it gives Harry another five days 
and maybe Maguire might step into the next game after this. This is how I call it. And let him play in the third. I'm hoping we'll win. If we do, play Maguire in the next game where there's a little less pressure on him potentially as well. Yeah. Who should be who should be um, taking the headlines for, for Scotland in this one? Do you think that McTominay or McGinn again, or is it is it going to be someone like Tierney coming back? Um, I think Tierney coming back into the fold will, will be a big judgment call. I really do. I, I think they need him. You know, he, he's one of, you can probably name, that, that if we're talking very effective Premier League players, you can name they've got probably three or four potentially in their ranks and Tin is one of them. And I think it'll be really important that he's fit for them. If he's not, I think it'll be a major blow for them. But um, I think McTominay has got the mindset that I think he'll relish a challenge against England at Wembley. He's quite combative and... It'll be important he doesn't step over the line, but he could be an important player for them in, in how he leads. I've been impressed. When he first broke in at United, I weren't sure he was good enough for that level, but he's won me over big time, I think, with his mentality. Yeah. Stu, I went on, on um, Wikipedia last night, right? And I looked. And is it true that you've seen... <laughs> is it Stranglers that you, that you watch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it Amongst, says on there that you've watched them over 300 times. Yeah, that would be right. <laughs> <laughs> now, wow. when, I, when I explain this to you, Dave, and <laughs> put it into context, right, you'll say, mm, yeah, I can see that now. Right. I first started going to gigs in the punk explosion, probably about 76, 77. Bear in mind that was, at, what, 45 years ago. Potential, <laughs> right? Okay. The band have never split up, and if I go and see them on every tour and see them once, if I see them once over that duration, that's forty-five gigs. Right. Yeah, yeah. So three hundred isn't that outlandish? <laughs> you know? And I'll see them a few times on each tour and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm a big, big music buff. So I mean, before lockdown, I I was doing sort of one a week, you know, whether it be wow. a festival. In football terms, it sounds like you've got a season ticket. It, yeah, and in, in life terms, it sounds as I'm a bit of a wrong one and got nothing better to do. So, <laughs> but no, just love the music. I've always loved live music. Well, after the Spain game, when Dave went fishing and whatever, I went to see the Sex Pistols at Finsbury Park. So, oh, right. wow. I remember that. Oh, Amazing. He took the gate with me as well, his first gig, you know, baptism of fire for him. I don't think he's ever been again, you know. <laughs> It'd never been right da- since. <laughs> David, was, David was quite critical of uh, of the voices of the current England squad because without the fans there, we're hearing the national anthem a little bit clearer. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this way, I'm not so sure that... I'm just pleased that the crowd drowned us out. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what makes me laugh, Stu's like I hear it and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Turn the mic off, just show the pictures. <laughs> yeah, the good thing about not having crowds in as well. One of well, Dave uh, working at West Ham, Dave and uh, Alan Irving went to watch uh, Liverpool play away at Tottenham and Henderson play, Jordan played. And I I've worked with Jordan with the under twenty ones. And they said his communication on the pitch was absolutely brilliant. You know what I mean? How he was driving his players on, encouraging them, cajoling them and everything. And that's the one good thing, if there is a good thing about not having a crowd in. You get to hear every player 
or on the pitch and the input and they have on each other. And I, I think the communication within football has faded out a little bit on the pitch over a generation, but certainly going back to our generation, while well, Dave's played alongside, Dave was always the quieter end of goalkeeping, but he had Tony Adams in front of him who was ludicrously vocal and myself, <laughs> you know, and through the team, it, it was more of a feature of football years ago. But Jordan Henderson, my goodness, that's why he's in the squad potentially half fit because of what he gives it, um, off the pitch as well as on it. Yeah. If Calvin <laughs> Phillips got that as well, he'd be dynamite. Definitely. I mean, there's a young man there, bags of energy. Um, he's used to playing at high tempo all the time at Leeds, week in, week out. And uh, I, I think in March, I covered the England games in March and uh, Phillips and Rice played together and they hit it off together. And I thought that's really good because people are thinking it's either Phillips or Rice, you know. And to beat some of the big teams and defend well against some of the big teams, you need to have probably both of them in the team. And I was pleased that they hit it off. And I thought they played very well with Phillips probably pushing on and locking on to people with his energy and Rice being the more deeper of the two. I think it worked really well, but he's a really good player. I loved his performance. I just loved the way, how much further forward he was and just showing it. Because obviously I watch it with Leeds because always been a Leeds fan and um, and I'm just yeah. thinking, yeah, you know, get your chance and do what you do for your club and he did that and a bit more as well, which was, was so encouraging. Yeah. yeah, I think it's called dip your bread in Yorkshire, isn't it? It is, yeah. And he's called <laughs> Yorkshire Yorkshire Perlo. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Stu, it's been amazing. Listen, loved it. I'd do anything oh, for hang you. On, have I gone? Oh my Siri again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. What, what's your what's your score prediction, Stuart? I think we'll win two 0 Ah, oh, right. good result, good scoreline. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll Look, take that. I'd love a clean sheet again, just to build that defensive confidence. And on top of that, you know, we got the firepower to score goals without a doubt. Um, so, fingers crossed. Brilliant. Nice for Stuart. It's been amazing to have you on. Cheers. My pleasure. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.